Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Decade's Best Podcast. This week, Grant and I are going to be discussing Danny Boyle's 2010 release, 127 Hours. Squeaked into the decade, just barely. Yeah, snuck in there. It is one of... I'm trying to see how many movies he'll have eligible, technically. One, two, three, four, five, counting this year's Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, he'll have released five movies this decade. I think Grant and I have maybe previously mentioned on here that I think we both would probably consider Steve Jobs. As, yes, love Steve Jobs. As, as a very dark horse. That movie, you know, came out in like award season. Well, yeah, it came in. Well, it was just it had. I feel like if it didn't come out in if it came out in March instead of all of, like which one of these is the Oscar nominated. That, you know, like, it was all viewed through that purview. And it was kind of dismissed by critics as that. But then the Academy actually kind of still rewarded it. And Wait, I remember a lot win? of people... I don't think it won anything. I guess it only got nominated for two Oscar, Oscars. It felt like more. Fastbender and Winslet both got uh, nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not expecting much out of it. And I was I was blown away, really. I, I love that one. Yeah, it I, is great. You're a trans have, fan, aren't you? Were you, you recommending no, trance? No. I I am still I still think about the scene where have you seen the movie? No. There there's there's a key plot point yeah. thing that happens based <laughs> around the shaving of a vagina. Oh jeez. If I remember correctly. That but, has stuck with me ever since I saw it. I do I do own it I bought it like it was dirt cheap for like three bucks. And I want to rewatch it. I remember being very ho-hum on it, but that might have been A, because I was very high and bullish on, and still am, on Boyle stuff. And two, I remember really enjoying, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie, and then mm-hmm. it gets a little, it gets a little all over the place. But it's it's one I'd like to revisit. I can't imagine it's going to magically be in the running for my favorite Danny Boyle movies of this decade or otherwise, but... um. Yeah, it's um, it's got a charming James McAvee in it as well. So, gotcha. No, I heard there was a strange twist. I had no idea that's what it involved. I don't also, think that just... might not even be the twist. Maybe okay. it that has does have something to do with the twist, but something. I'm pretty sure that happens. If that's the way my memory has logged it, and I think about it way more. I think about Trance more than I think about Steve Jobs or 127 Hours, probably <laughs> since it came out. Just for that one weird aspect of it but um sounds like you're into yeah. it now that i think about it <laughs> <laughs> just think about that all the time it's just something that uh, my mind it was really to. out of nowhere i couldn't mm-hmm. believe what was happening actually i will say though getting back on track here 127 hours which is what's who what's the guy's name real life name um, uh ralston aaron ralston yeah aaron ralston true life story guy out hiking by himself something you should never do and uh, he was kind of a, would you call him a bro? He's not really a bro. He's Hot just shot. like, yeah, he's like full of himself, doesn't think anything's going to stop him. He's. Would you say that he, he's writing checks his body can't cash? <laughs> uh, probably say that about it, unfortunately. Or his that ego. He, ah, his ego is writing. I almost <laughs> had it. And he, he basically was became famous because he chopped his own arm off after it got lodged between a 
boulder and a canyon wall. So this is James Franco is nominated for an Oscar for this. I think deservingly. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how I, we can get into it. I don't know if this movie holds up on the third viewing as. I, I I'm not as engaged as I was the first couple times I saw it. I don't I don't I which I think makes sense with a movie like this. You're on this journey with this guy and every twist and turn and Danny Boyle does his best to and like I said I think it works. I it, I was very high in this movie the first time I saw it and I'm not down on it. I just didn't appreciate it. I didn't think of it as highly on this rewatch, but I'm surprised. Like I, I don't think of it as a movie of having twists and turns. It's kind of yeah. You, you, it's definitely an emotional journey, but yeah, yeah. It's basically, he gets in, he gets out. You know, it's yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 you, you hit it right on your head. I mean, I think Aaron's has an emotional like you. You're. I was, I was caught off guard in how vulnerable he gets at times and how upset he gets, and it, not caught off guard in that it, he should not be thinking that way. But I never knew what to expect from this guy as he goes through this crisis. And I think Franco does a great job of selling every facet of that. And I think Boyle does his damnedest to make this one setting as interesting as possible over its 134-minute runtime. So I think that's my main takeaway is just how many directors could have pulled this off and mm-hmm. used like these amazing editing skills and um, just innovative techniques to tell the atypical journey, you know, we have an entire arc without ever moving. So yeah. I think, I think he does an amazing job of keeping it fresh and dynamic without, you know, moving and locations. I, I would say I, w- I was rolling with it pretty well. I think it was like the, like the, there's like the game show portion where he's like, are you talking about on the boulder? Affect. Yeah, on when he's the on the boulder. Is that the name of the show? <laughs> That's the name of the morning show. Oh, okay. On the boulder. That was a bit much. I guess, that felt the most false to me. And obviously, he might have video evidence that he did that. But I for whatever it. reason, <laughs> while watching, that was the part that... This most recent rewatch, That's that funny, was the part that didn't stick the most with me. That's something I didn't like the first time I watched it. And I liked Interesting. It, it kind of warmed mm-hmm. up to it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I yeah I mean again I could totally see that too because it does seem a little sticky, but at the same time, I could see the inverse where you realize yeah what the fuck would you do for a hundred twenty? Oh yeah, he's going do. he's going insane. And yeah. Also, it's just I was just impressed by Franco's performance because mm-hmm. I mean that's that's asking a lot for for him yeah. right there and carrying the movie for so long all by himself. I think it was interesting though is he was kind of I feel like when he did this he was kind of pinned into a persona mm-hmm. like the cool guy kind of lazy, you know, maybe James Deany vibe that he was. I mean, he played James Dean in that movie. I'm pretty sure, but mm. I, I think this really showed what he's capable of and he can throw anything at you and not. And I always liked Franco before this, but I, I, I don't know if has he been better in another movie. I don't know. He's really good at disaster artist. Spring Breakers. Spring Break yeah. forever. Oh, yeah, Spring Breakers. Just looking at his top. I mean, his top four IMDb is this disaster artist, Spring uh, Alien, and Spring Breakers. Which so not from this world, y'all. Not from this world. Pineapple Express. He's also really great in. 
But that was more playing to that. That's that's um, what you're talking about. Yeah, that that, that slacker character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He does so many things. I'm looking through his IMDb. We couldn't possibly go through it all. But I was trying to figure out if he did. Had he done... I guess Pineapple Express was the only Apato thing he had done before this. Mm -hmm. I guess he popped up and knocked up, it says. But oh, this is the, this is the end. That was great. Yeah, that, that was, was that later was, though. I think wasn't it? That's tw- oh yeah, that was three years after this. Sorry. Yeah, where I think that movie is him playing on the persona and, and you know like that is him brilliantly parroting himself. Yeah, uh, it was really well done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love how they all showed themselves as uh, cowardly as potentially would be. <laughs> That's great. That is that's another movie I'm considering. I I'd like to rewatch, but one movie I have very high opinion of. But I don't think I've seen it in them quite a bit. Is, yeah, you uh, know, if, if you go for if you're thinking like broad comedies in the last ten years, I mean, that's up there. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'd rather take a uh, you know Swiss Army Man myself. <laughs> the only other two people that get kind of big parts in this movie are. Kate Mara and Amber Tamblin are a pair of hikers Big in parts. the <laughs> very beginning of the movie. Ten minutes? What do you think? Yeah, but actually, I think they do a good job of they do a good job of show, giving us a little bit more shades of Franco, and that you know, like he is charming in his own goofy way. He clearly a little bit of a horn dog, but he's also kind of just like carefree and he's not like a creeper with them but yeah. he's he's he was gonna go to that party a couple days later for sure um i think they both do a nice job of bringing some energy into the movie before i forget actually i it felt a lot longer i thought we got to the boulder faster than we did rewatching the movie mm-hmm. even if it is only 10 minutes i forgot how long they were actually in the movie mm-hmm I guess what do you, you think those scenes are best at setting up just how he portrays himself as just a hardcore guy. You think that's yeah for sure. I think that helps. It just because, it. I think Franco gives a lot of shades of Aaron in that scene. Those scenes too. Um, go ahead, I cut you off. It seems like if they want to make the point that he's isolating himself from everyone, from humanity, mm-hmm. why have him make a connection with two strangers? Yeah. So that's, I think that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I uh, think you can sympathize with them more because you can see you can see yourself being buddies with that guy. He's you know, not like a, he's not he, a freak. Yeah, he's, he he's not. Yeah, it, it, he's not some like you said. He's not some bro psychopath yeah. who is like out there to. He is out there to prove how good he can do things, but he's not like an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, I guess Clemens Posey is also gets the. She's probably the only other person worth mentioning. Um, she plays the romantic interest in the movie. She doesn't say much, but um, she's in that she's, ice van or whatever. Yeah, she's in the van. Were they supposed to have dated? I, yeah. I don't know. How mm-hmm. how did you read that? Yeah, that uh, that might have been the the point in the van where they're sticking mm-hmm. their arms out the window and having way too much yeah. fun doing that, uh, <laughs> and. Then that's when they start a relationship, and then we see the end of the relationship at the uh, yeah. I guess we game. do we do see the end. That's right. Yeah. I and again, I think I mean she works in that she is a very attractive blonde person. You could see him going to the memories of this girl. It felt like it did feel 
a little bit too much like she was just a very attractive blonde woman. It would have been nice if there was a little more substance there. And I, I mean, I can imagine I would have been running through my memories of past relationships that I maybe wished I didn't fuck up a lot more. I would have gotten it a lot more in-depth, I think, than the movie portrays it as. I, so I wonder what the choice was there not to dwell on that romance aspect more. And maybe, you know, and, and maybe, maybe, I mean, we do have Aaron's account. Maybe that's what he said. Maybe he was really thinking about his family more than anything else. But uh, as a filmmaking choice, I was surprised they didn't dive into that more than they did. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe kind of also the way memory works is is you just yeah. kind of, these things come flashing back and potentially, yeah, family was more important than this failed relationship uh, in the end. That's, you know, he broke it off. And I mean, it, it was based off, I mean, I'm sure they interviewed him and it was based off his memoir, I believe, right? Because this happened a few, like five or six years before. They yeah, they the talked to him as well. They were writing yeah. screenplay because they wanted to have, you know, the Scooby-Doo scene. Uh-huh. They wanted to have the raven. That still scared me this time. <laughs> or what, what kind of bird was that? It was a hawk or a raven. I forget. Uh, I can't remember. Probably a hawk. Yeah. Anyway, they wanted to have the bird in the in the as a scare scene, and then mm. he's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> he's like, "I know it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but he was my friend, and yeah, we can't portray him as it otherwise." <laughs> it's like, oh, something okay. scary and creepy. Yeah. So yeah, they're definitely yeah, taking it. his. Uh, that- his, his input his experience in in the factoring it in mm-hmm. and that's where, where i was going with that was like maybe he he chose not to dwell on that when he's telling that story um either so yeah. um yeah um do you have anything else to say about the actors before no we jump into our categories here okay uh, yeah. Good um that. so so your recent rewatch the movie held up overall for you like you still think this is a movie mm-hmm. that you would put in your favorite movies of the decade i would um just like i think i kind of mentioned the uh those techniques that oil mm-hmm. really showed off uh, little little things you know like when he finally leaves the canyon how he just floods the camera light and just kind of putting you in the place of of ralston mm-hmm. finally sees direct sunlight after days of being trapped I remember the first time seeing the movie, like, getting hung up. Like, I knew it ended with him chopping his arm off. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, getting hopeful when the rain started. And, like... It was... Yeah. Like, right? being another... tricked for... I was tricked for more than a couple beats. Like, oh, he got out. He's okay. And it's like, oh, no. He's not. <laughs> you know? Like, I got caught up in that. And I think... I think that, along with... And we'll get into the arm-cutting scene, I'm sure. But... Those were like two things that really stuck with me after the movie. Yeah, I think uh, that that was well a well done break. I think, and also just kind of again showing the delusions that are gonna kind of happen in a situation like that. Yeah, I think it's also great at showing like what could have happened to like. I'm surprised they didn't go with him drowning in that moment as like the 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 shock or the scare. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I, like I said, it worked on me that I got hopeful that he was actually getting out for a beat, but like showing like, was he lucky that, that he got out with only child? Like he very, nature could have killed him so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like, I almost wonder if there would, what, what a montage like that would have looked like, like how, 
nat- I guess that's a little dark and morbid, but like the number of ways nature could have killed him in that moment would have been uh, another weird thing. Not weird, but another interesting thing that's not in the movie. I think that would have been um, an interesting. I wonder if that was a a road not traveled when they were creating this thing. So the uh, what kicks off that entire scene is just like this loud crack of thunder, mm-hmm. and that stuff like something I really noticed this time around is just the sound and how powerful mm-hmm. the sound is. And yeah, like I don't know if it's just speakers were different or my mood was different, but like it's it's jarring, you know. And you're like when he's doing the act and he's kind of going through the nerve. <laughs> well, they, they do the it's it, there's a sound effect that they it's like electric they, guitar when he's going through. Yeah, the nerves. I mean, I I can't I can't. We're here. We're at the point of talking about this scene. I I couldn't watch it watching it again. Oh yeah, like, I yeah I can't, and I don't even remember how much. I feel like I hung it with it more when I saw it the first time. Which mm-hmm. I saw this movie in like a packed house in a um, preview screening. And like you can, I distinctly, I'll never forget that. Like I got nauseous during that scene, and I don't know if it was the dinner that I had or what, but <laughs> it was. It was also like I could, I can remember the the temperature of the room rising with people's anxiety over. Oh crap, we're here. This mm-hmm. is going to happen, mm-hmm. and the intensity of the scene. Like I think the the theater got. 10 to 20 degrees warmer for that two minute, three minute sequence. It was, it was crazy. I won't forget it. And maybe it was just me getting all hot and bothered, but it felt like I, I mean, I was, I was physic. I don't think I've ever physically reacted to a moment in a movie as much as I have during that sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is another thing that (laughs) hurts is the wrong word, but it's, it's a, it's, I'll never get that experience ever again, watching the movie. And maybe that's my bad for holding that against it, because like that first viewing is always gonna. It's sure. I'm always gonna the remember shot, that. We don't have the shock value after that. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think that there's plenty to appreciate with the techniques and. Mm-hmm. No, you're, yeah. you're you're not wrong, and I think I, I, one of the th- scenes I really appreciated the second time or this or third fourth time around, probably third time I've seen it. I I appreciated him like explaining like why his ropes weren't working, you know, like they like go through the, instead of just showing him struggle and it's not working, they could have just left it like, well, it's too heavy, but he's like, no, I got the wrong ropes. If I had the right rope, I might've been able to make this work. And it like, just, it, it really added to like the perfect storm of the situation that he got himself into. I love the, uh, all the ways that he's playing with capitalism, you know, Boyle is and just like, Adding it, like just showing all these shots of all these products, all these, all these things, you know. Stuff. Yeah, what do you think he's he's saying with that? I I I, I think that uh, he's ta- he's saying here is one of the few experiences that are normally devoid mm-hmm. of of these like powerful influences, mm-hmm. these, you know, these big corporations, and yeah. now they're still everywhere. They're they're still such a big part of mm-hmm. you can't you can't can't escape them. Yeah, and even if you are going to try to run and. You know, do all these things. Live out in nature. And, you still yeah, have that yeah. Sony camcorder. You still have the Gatorade. Mm-hmm. You still have the, yeah. Yeah. Scooby you didn't Doo have the Gatorade. Big Scooby Doo industry coming in. <laughs> you gotta hate Big Scooby Doo. We, we're gonna um, do protests later this week. 
Don't tell your children. Scrappy-Doo so, is just about... <laughs> so. Where would you put this? Is this in, in Boyle's canon? If, like, is Where does this fall for your favorites of his? Mm-hmm. Let me uh, pull up Boyle's again. So I loved Sunshine. Big Sunshine thing. Yes. So behind that, well, I don't love how the last... 10 minutes of sunshine, but the rest of it is still good. Nobody uh, does. I don't think he even does. <laughs> yeah. I like Slumdog Millionaire a lot more than you do. Yeah, but that one just sours for me every time I see it. I don't 28 know Days why. Later is better, I would say. I really the like... The Beach, I saw that at the theater with you. Yeah, I think... Did Not we? As, yeah. We did. Not as good. I, I think that's one of those movies I first... That's one of those movies where I first realized movies could not be good. Does that make sense? Like, like it's a movie I remember being disappointed of in yeah. the theater. I mean, there's um, plenty. There's good stuff in it. It's no, just... there, no, for sure. I do remember liking the video game sequence. I don't yes, think I've seen we that did movie. That. Him snapping since... his finger. <laughs> did you get to I don't think spider? I've seen <laughs> that movie since the theater, though. I think all. I think Shallow I like grave. all three. Mm. Yeah, I like his first three more than 127 hours. I think. Uh, um, oh, train spotting. Especially, Jeez, I left that one out. Especially my post my like this over after this most recent viewing what is um, life less really ordinary like, is that the third one yeah i really like a life less than ordinary i don't think i, I, don't I, don't think I saw it i don't think i saw that one the ewan mcgregor um it says a cameron diaz cameron thing? diaz and then there's like angels involved and oh i have seen part of that yeah it's it's got a great beck song in it i also really like millions i've never been a huge 28 days later fan weirdly I never got never cut up with millions Millions is worth watching. You could watch it with your kids too, right? Yeah, um, I know. I know the story they, they, or the yeah. premise, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, 127 hours is top five for me. But yeah, I, I, I think I'm still the highest on this. Those first three was, movies and jobs. I think I was and told then, I can skip T2 Train Spotting. Was that uh, no? I think it's worth watching. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth watching. And I, I watched both. Like I watched Train Spotting and then went out and saw T2. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were in, they were good compliments to each other. Yeah, I could also watch you and McGregor forever. Um, uh, I I I think you should. It's worth watching. Right. Put it out there. And I'm intrigued to see yesterday. I have no idea what it's if it's just going to be. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, it's like a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I it, think it's going to be fun. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what he's going to. I it, the trailers show nothing Danny Boyley about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I look forward to seeing what he does with that premise um but yeah so your your 120 127 hours is in your top three top three it sounds like oh for him well let's see i i think i'd put it above steve jobs um yeah and i'd put it below train spotting obviously okay Uh, a little bit outside the top three then well i might put it above shallow grave okay so yeah um we have who stands out this is kind of we've already kind of discussed that with there's only one actor (laughs) unless someone came in and really stole the show uh which no one did uh that scooby-doo inflatable maybe that was uh, a late improvisation they had to put that guy in there last minute he did a bang up job (laughs) what sticks with you the most we kind of touched i mentioned this a little bit but i i mean it has to be the arm cutting Mm -hmm. sequence i mean it's just now actually if i had to narrow it down even more I think what sticks with me even more is him taking the picture of it. I, I actually, I, that was such an amazing, like, 
moment of levity and release for not just him, I imagine, but the viewer. Like, it allows you to stop and breathe. When he takes a picture of it? Yeah, he, I don't I, know. Yeah, I whatever. I don't think I laughed at that. Oh, no, I... I I thought that was hilarious. Um, and I, again, probably something he did. But if he didn't, I, I don't know. If he did, though, I thought they I thought they would have uh, put the picture in there in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know that 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 beat. I mean, yes, viscerally, the the arm cutting has stuck with me, as I mentioned. But uh, I I just remember loving that moment too. You got right me wondering this. if there's like a more kind of brutal scene, like. <laughs> It got, it's got me thinking of mother and the uh, <laughs> the infant scene. Um, I don't think that uh, it's, it's, you know as dark as Tarantino's gone. God, I don't know if it's got anything that visceral in it. Even ear cutting and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that is. It is up there. What is something that might have snuck by? in the movie i mean there is i mean danny boyle does throw a lot at you in this movie is there anything that you think people might miss or some little like my kind of thing is that the picture taking thing like i obviously it really resonated with me it didn't even i guess it didn't it registered registered what was the emotion you felt when he takes the picture so i mean i'm still i think recovering from him yeah like you know the whole tone of everything but he does such a good job of having feel different after yeah. after it's over and like there's this this uh relief and the shock that kind of hits you at the same time yeah and i think i think that uh i'm still recovering at that point i did not to, i think also it just seemed like maybe a practical thing to do is you yeah. take you take a picture of it that way you can tell people hey this is where i was at you know he doesn't want to go true. out there he's going to be in recovery so that way people can go yeah, please go find my arm. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try to reattach this thing. It's not too late, right? <laughs> so that would be my little bit. Though. What what is there a little thing that you don't want to get lost in the the shuffle of this movie? Just you know how good the on the boulder uh, morning show would be if he could actually <laughs> produce that on a daily basis. I think I think I would tune in. <laughs> on the boulder. I don't know. I don't think it could stick. It would uh, that setting would get pretty dull pretty quickly, I imagine. On the boulder, do they cheat with that? Do they they show you some different angles? You don't just watch through the camcorder the whole time. No, they, well, because yeah, yeah, they want to make it help help the viewer understand that he's yeah. being two different people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. They have to pull like the Smeagol. Yeah, um, Smeagol cam. <laughs> uh, Thirty Rock does that an amazing scene. <laughs> With Liz Lemon. Okay, she does a, a fantastic Smeagol moment. <laughs> Did you come up with a crazy theory? Call me crazy theory about this one? Well, it's just... I'll just say this. Call me crazy, but the best acting in the film is done by the ants crawling on the, like, the pocket knife. That's, that's some <laughs> impressive work. I don't know how... Did they find like, the Daniel Day-Lewis of ants to do this? But he, <laughs> he like crawls up, like looks around, and then like later on he like bites him. He bites Franco. I mean, this... This ant is did some incredible work. <laughs> I I want to find out if it would be great if it was a CG ant. Oh, that would be it's very like... depressing. I I just <laughs> I wondered I just wanted to know like how many hours they just filmed ants. It's like okay, oh, I'm still waiting for it to bite me. Okay, <laughs> let me know. 
We know we well, got a good they one. Shot, they shot this in a nice air-conditioned um, studio. So what? Uh, yeah, you thought, they were, thought they were at a canyon. No, no, it's all fake. Actually, it's a beautiful set. Actually, like it's insane when you, when I found out that they didn't shoot it like on location somewhere. I actually was kind of shocked because it looked and felt so damn good. And I get you only had to build one set really for the movie, but uh, yeah, they did an amazing job of bringing that space back to life. Yeah, it it looks it looks good. Mm-hmm. Right. I would love to know if that whole thing is. Would you do that? Let go. Of I know, thing? right? I just oh, I love I love in that scene the the foreshadowing also when he's talking about oh yeah these these things are moving all the time. Yeah, that's Listen, that's a great little line. That's that's well done. But uh, for I got a couple concerns with that. First off, that they like, you know, how are you not going to scratch yourself on the way down? Which maybe you would do, and then just you get over it. You're like, oh, whatever. But also, the aren't you guys going to fall on each other? He's yeah, like, they he, almost do. He like, did not they clear they out. Definitely almost at fall all. on each other. <laughs> Nobody gave them the instruction to swim away from the fall zone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does look awesome. That could be the follow podcast is us doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could, I would do it now. Maybe twenty years ago, ten years ago, I would have been more brave. But um, not anymore. I'm a little wuss. What? But yeah, you can't hurt. even watch the, the arm cutting scene anymore. I'll hurt myself doing something. <laughs> Back in your prime in 2010, you could watch these things and do these things, but <laughs> old man Berg. Do you want to pick another movie? What are we're gonna do next? I yeah, think gonna wrap up 127 hours. I have a couple written down here. Okay, is yeah, it could be something you've watched recently. It doesn't have to be from the. Mostly, these uh, are right? ones that I'd like to rewatch. Okay. Oh, I, I guess I already have seen Son of Saul, so I'm down for that. If you are, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, it's a, a up, uplifting one. If you're feeling too happy, uh, we could do that one. Uh, Marcy May Marlene, Marcy Martha Marcy May Marlene. I'd love to uh-huh. rewatch and probably discuss because I think it's gonna be on my top hundred. Martha Marcy is a movie I need to rewatch. I let's think. do it. So maybe let's do that one. Next. Yeah. Okay. So Martha Marcy May Marlene is where we fell down. This is where we all learn to love Elizabeth Olsen. Scarlet Witch. But uh, this guy hasn't done another movie. So I think he finally has another movie coming out. Oh, it's like our uh, new Shane Carruth that we found here. I remember being just, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is incredible in it. And mm-hmm. like, I think she should have been nominated for an Oscar for it. But I think Durkin's direction was such, oh, yeah. so fantastic. Why are and Save it for the next podcast. Um, we will. Yeah, um, I'm not going to give you my fastball right now. Okay, don't don't give me your fastball. Don't want to waste it. Exactly. So it seems he's in post production on a movie. Yay! <laughs> it stars Jude Law, Carrie Coon. Life of an entrepreneur and his American family begin to take a twisted turn after moving into a English country manor. So it sounds like we're just going to get the reverse side of Marthy, Martha Marcy. <laughs> we're going to be looking for Martha out in the wild at all times. Um, count me in. It sounds like it's a thriller of some sort, potentially. So Yeah, it's crazy to direct that movie and then do nothing for I can't. I, I would love to hear. It'll be interesting to hear him talk about it when this comes out, why he hasn't 
made anything. He's been producing a lot, apparently. Yeah, he's producing. And did he write anything else? Writer? Nope. Not really? Just no. this movie? Yeah, nothing at all. Just like something like he feels like somebody A24 would have been like, hey, we'll give oh, you yeah. $5 million to make whatever you want every two years, which is what they're doing with Ari Aster and um, what's the other guy? That the guy who did the. The, the Witch? Not The Witch. Though I think he kind of had the same thing with it. Because his new movie is coming out this year. Yeah, it's going to be good. The guy who did It Comes at Night and Mm. Kresha. Like, I think they're producing his... Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah, that's his name. But yeah. So, Sean Durkins, Martha Martha Marcy May Marlene will be our next entry. It's it's like, there's a cult involved in this, right? Don't drink the green juice. Okay. Don't Don't do it, Zach. Remember that. Yeah. So... You got anything else you want to share with us before we depart? No, I need to start watching more movies again. I'm on a, okay. I'm on a cold streak. Um, that's going to do it for 127 hours. Uh, join us for Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Goldenberg. You can find us at middleofrow.com, at Twitter, on Facebook, at Tumblr. Rate and review this podcast. And uh, Grant. Where can people find you? At five dollar wrench on Twitter. That's Grant. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Don't forget the pocket knife, the Swiss Army knife, Swiss Army knife. Oh yeah, don't. That was yeah. Don't really get, not the one there. from Walmart. No, no, no. It would not have been as good a movie though if he would have had the real one, would it? Would have had to cut down on those cutting the nerve sound effects. Yeah, he definitely would have cut his arm off a couple days earlier, probably. Yeah, I think they're right. Okay. Good. Bye. Glad we got that picture back in our heads right before we end this thing. Bye.